Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Recorded live. Ladies and gentlemen, it's your boy, Lord Raider, for another episode of Move Those Chains. As always, I am with Mr. Big Dog. Well, it is. What do you do? Something like that. So, yes, another episode of the show where we will discuss all things football. Not sure, uh, where you want to go, what you want to start with, all that good shit. But uh, we can't talk enough football. What do you think? I agree. I absolutely agree. can never talk enough football. Never, 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 never. So uh, we can talk about all kinds of topics today. Unlike most people, we don't put together agendas. We don't put together all that good stuff. We just fly by the seat of our pants, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to fly by the seat of our pants. Sounds good to me. Sure. And and that being stated, uh, my question to you is, where would you like to go? Well, let's talk about the draft. Yes, the draft. We'll start there. All right. Uh, I'll start, I guess. Yeah, uh, I'm very happy with what my Cleveland Browns did in the draft. Uh, at first, I wasn't sure what they were doing, but as it all fell into place and they did what they did, I was okay with how it all went down. And, yes, I refer to him as by Cleveland Browns because, you know, 30-plus 30, 30 of, of as a fan of the Browns, I think I've earned that right to call him my Cleveland Browns. Your Cleveland Browns. So, yeah, I'm, I'm actually excited about the season this year. I, I uh, First time in a long time, and you can let everybody know for sure, I'm actually – been talking positive about it. I, I'm, yeah, I'm. I'm not used to this. <laughs> yeah, you were very giddy. I haven't actually made a a meme with your face on it. Yeah, I like that. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> How do I put it? The face you make when your Browns have a good draft. I, I was, like I said, I was. Very happy with what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of people, you know, because I'm in Ohio. I'm an hour away from Cleveland. I know a lot of fans are, at first, really weren't happy with the draft. They're like, oh, my God, what did they do? And then now that people have got to analyze it a little more and check things out, they're like, well, maybe they didn't do as bad as we thought. I mean, good Lord. Come away with three picks in the first round. What else you want? Yeah, you gotta like it. You gotta like it. So, uh, but about the draft as a whole, you know, we gotta go the directions that everybody likes, and that is winners and losers of the draft. And that don't necessarily mean a particular team. It could be a coach, it could be players, it could be whatever. What are some things that stuck out to you as winners and losers, if you will? I don't know about winners and losers, but as far as, like, stuff that stuck out to me was Chicago. I mean, to basically give away all that they did just to get Trubisky with the uh, move up to the second pick, they moved up one spot from three to two. 
they could have got Trubisky at three and never had to give nothing away. I I don't I, know if they they believed that you know the Browns were all in like they said they were and they were going to move up to get it and they were scared of that or what I I just don't know. Why look at it this way? How do I say this? <clears throat> why would you take him at all? How about that? You know, why on earth would you at all? Even take Trubisky if you're the Bears. I had no idea. I, you and I discussed this, you know, before. Yeah, neither one of us can figure that out because both of us said the same thing. You just gave all that money to Mike Glennon to be your your starter, and then you invite this kid, you know, who's supposed to be your starter, to your draft, and then you draft a quarterback. Um. To me, if I'm Mike Glennon, and which he has pretty much said, he's pissed. I'd be pissed too. I mean, that's that's pretty much to me. That's a slap in the face. That's pretty much you know that would be me. I would take it as, oh, we signed you to this, you know, gave you all this money, but we're still not 100 percent sure. So we're going to go with this. I, right. I, I have no clue. I, I just, I, I'm completely, I, like, I'm damn near lost for words. I, I just didn't understand it. it. I know it was a big shock during the draft. I, wow. So, uh, <clears throat> but talking about some winners and losers, like I said, uh, I'll go this way. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just say, obviously, you mentioned the Browns. I think they were big winners in the draft. Uh, I'm not too high on Kaiser, but getting him at 52nd, I think, is a great value. Um, I don't even need to talk about anybody they got in the first round pick because if all three of them play to the hype that they have, that's three solid picks. But uh, Larry Ogunjobi, the defensive tackle out of Charlotte, I've been talking to you about him for months and yep. picked him up. I think he's solid. Uh, go to the Panthers. I think the Panthers getting Christian McCaffrey. And Curtis Samuel is huge for that offense. Uh, Taylor Moten in the second round was another one. But uh, still wondering when they're going to add to that defense. I know they needed some offensive help, but still. Um, the Vikings just signed Latavius Murray. Five million this season is basically what he's getting. It was a $15 million deal for three years. But they go and they trade up to take Dalvin Cook, which was interesting to me, <clears throat> that they would move up to get him. So... Who knows? You know, but they upgraded the offensive line, getting uh, Ohio State's Pat Elfine at seventy, which I think was solid at that spot. Yep. Uh, New England getting Derek Rivers is very versatile. He's the perfect fit for the Patriots. They got him at eighty-three, which is amazing value. Uh, even selected a developmental tackle and Antonio Garcia at the eighty-fifth pick, which just adds to the bonus of what New England does. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately. Say this about the Seahawks, losers in my opinion. They took Malik McDowell in the second round, which he may have been the best defensive tackle in the draft. Still needs to work on his technique, but you're sitting there with many good offensive linemen on the board, which you need because you have none, and you take him. It's not a knock on McDowell. It's just a knock on the fact that they, in my opinion, didn't address their most important need, which was offensive line help. So, I mean, they did do it later in the draft, but at that point, I mean, you traded down, you could have grabbed them. It, it just made no sense to me <clears throat> why they would do that. So, it's just sad as far as I'm concerned. Uh, let's see, another loser that I could throw out there, uh, I would have to say, we mentioned the Bears. That's for obvious reasons. Don't even need to discuss it. Um, let's see. Other winners we could put in there, other losers we could put in there. Um, just trying to think here. Would be a good topic of something I haven't even mentioned or most people don't talk about. How about the Saints as a loser? Not many people are aware of this, but the Saints had planned on taking Pat Mahomes at 11. Not many people knew that. I'm not even sure if you were aware of that. I had heard stuff, yeah. So the Chiefs jump up ahead of him to take him. 
which to me makes the Chiefs losers, at least with that particular pick, because taking a kid where you give up your first-round pick next year to move up and more to get a kid who went 13-16 and 16 in college is just ludicrous to me. Oh, I agree. That is just absolutely freaking insane. And, I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. <clears throat> you know, let's take uh, Jacksonville. I think they're losers in this draft. I mean, they took Fournette, and most people are thinking, oh, Fournette's going to be Zeke Elliott 2.0. That's crazy to think that can happen behind that offensive line. You know, they did take Cam Robinson in the second round, who most people thought was going to be a mid-first-round draft pick, so that's a good steal. Added D.D. Westbrook, which is going to be a very talented player, but he does have some red flags. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. What about the Eagles? Eagles, winners or losers? What do you think? I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm going to say the Eagles are big winners. Big, big winners. Why do I say they're big, big winners? What, what do you think? Well. Wow. Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Let me look here. Wow, they got they got Derek Barnett, which was. Which is a steal at 14. A major. Oh, yeah. And I, I know, I know a lot of fan, a lot of Eagles fans that I saw on social media were pissed about that. I'm like, you guys are stupid, but hey, that's okay. You know, they got Sidney Jones. Steel. He's uh, to me, he's top ten talent if it weren't for his injury. Yeah, they got Douglas from West Virginia, the cornerback. And then they got Mac Hollins. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey. Yeah. Uh, and I predict Sheldon Gibson. Sheldon Gibson. Sheldon Gibson. The guy. I'm going to give you a guy nobody's talking about, and that's Mac Hollins. That is an yeah. amazing, fantastic pick in the fourth round. Absolutely freaking ridiculous. This kid had 81 touchdowns, or 81 catches, and 20 of them were touchdowns. 81 catches, 20 touchdowns. That's ridiculous. I, it's just insane. I, uh, wow. Yeah, but, but like I said, Rashad Douglas is going to be a solid. He's going to solidify the cornerback position that Jones can't play. Even when Jones can come back, which he'll, he'll be back. question is, will he be the old Jones? But, you know, wow. I, it was a solid win for the Eagles. I, I think the Eagles were put in my top five of winners and losers for the draft. I think they had one of the top five picks, our overall drafts. So I just went with that. Uh, I'm going to give a big win to the Arizona Cardinals. Landing Hassan Reddick and Buda Baker, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Wow, that's all I can say. Two solid players. Uh, Houston, big losers. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The big losers. I mean, let's put it this way. You went and gave the house, more or less, to get Brock Osweiler. It didn't work out. Uh, Then you go and you basically say Tom Savage is your guy. Only to turn around and take a quarterback in this draft that many quarterback needy teams passed on. I mean, there was how many teams in front of the Texans that clearly, clearly, clearly needed a guy, and they passed on him, and they went and got him. Now, they did get Zach Cunningham, who I like with the 57th overall pick. Uh, Deontay Foreman, who I just love, is a huge solid addition to add to Lamar Miller. But your first pick was Watson who many passed on. Now, this is no knock on the kid because, again, we don't know what he's made of until he gets there. Everything is guesswork. So we'll see. Yeah, I can honestly tell you, I did not want the Browns to draft one. <laughs> and I, I just, you know, he 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 was good. At Clemson, I'm not going to lie. I, I I just don't know if that's going to, you know, switch over to the NFL. I, I just – I don't know what it is about him. I, something just – I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Well, how about – Go ahead. 
Go ahead. I was going to mention another team, but finish what you were saying. I I know it was split around here in 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 Cleveland. A lot of fans wanted him. A lot of fans didn't want him. Uh, as you know, I listen to one Cleveland radio show every day. Uh, the guy who's the host, Tony Rizzo, without a shadow of a doubt, that was his guy. That's who he wanted the Browns to take. And when they didn't get him and they traded, you know, out of the 12th pit, you know, they probably, yeah, he was he was pretty upset about that. Which is Me, another I was okay with him. I was like, yay. I was cool. Right, which is an example of what I was talking about. There's the Browns, who a lot of people feel are quarterback needy. I personally don't think they're as needy as people think. Uh, Do they have a guy on their roster I think might be the future of the franchise? I'm not sold on that. But you pass, and you you sit there and you want to go with uh, your two quarterbacks that you have in-house, actually three, um, and you pass on Watson, tells me, in most people, like I said, most people's eyes, the Browns were the most quarterback needy team in the league, and they passed mm-hmm. on every quarterback twice at the 12th pick. By the 12th pick, they passed on every quarterback twice. So yep. It's it just something that baffles me that they would do that. But uh, getting off Watson, I'm going to say the Los Angeles Chargers were probably winners, and here's why I say this. Uh, not too super high on Mike Williams being picked at the seventh slot. I think it's too high for him. If he pans out and becomes everything people suspect him to be, solid move. But uh, how about the fact that they picked up protection for Rivers and Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney? Uh, yep. Feeney out of Indiana, you know, he's a real tough, rugged kid. Forrest Lamp out of Western Kentucky, I had wrote down from the beginning as my number one offensive line prospect in this draft, regardless of what offensive line position they worked. I thought he was the best. And I did get a kick out of the fact that Forrest Lamp, Lamp, ladies and gentlemen, follow me here, Forrest Lamp was selected by the Chargers, and his selection was announced by Sean Merriman, whose nickname is Lights Out. So lights out introduced the lamp to the Chargers. It was all hilarious. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I don't know why I got a kick out of that, but I did get a kick out of that. Um, so, but yeah, Forrest Lamp and Feeney is going to be a huge help um, for them. Then they added uh, Rayshon Jenkins out of Miami, Desmond King out of Iowa, both fourth and fifth round picks. They got TV out of Utah later. So I mean, they they added up, you know, some help. Uh, the other side of the Los Angeles thing, the Rams, big losers. Uh, big losers. I mean, the Rams doing their best to build around, you know, their their quarterback and Jared Goff, grabbing Gerald Everett out of South Alabama. He he's, was one of my sleeper tight ends. Uh, but they've already drafted two tight ends last year. So they got Cooper Cup out of Eastern Washington, who I really like as a wide receiver. But their other two starters are Tavon Austin and Robert Woods. So I do like Cup. I wouldn't be surprised if he could take one of their jobs. Josh Reynolds in the fourth round was a nice add out of Texas A&M. Um, but they're not, they're not loaded at skill positions right now. You know? So McVay, he's got to work his youthful magic, so to speak. It's just how I look at that. Yep. Um, and I'll say Dallas. I hate to say it because I'm a fan of Dallas. Dallas was big winners. Get Taco Charlton, uh, Chidobe Awuzie, who everyone will remember him being selected thanks to that rant. When he got picked, uh, Jordan Lewis out of Michigan, uh, also at corner. So they beefed up the secondary, added some defensive line help. Um, Cole Beasley is going to be on the chopping block, in my opinion, because Ryan Switzer is going to outdo him in a heartbeat. It's just how I feel. Now, some people, I'm going to bring up the Giants. See what you think about this. There's a lot of people say the Giants are losers because they got Evan Ingram, who, to me, might be the fastest tight end the world has ever seen. Dalvin Tomlinson, the defensive tackle in the second round, and took Davis Webb in the third round. Now, some people say that's a steal. That's a waste of time. Uh, Adam Biswati out of Pittsburgh was a good pick. Uh, getting Wayne Gallman at running back, who uh, to me is going to be a sleeper. But uh, do you feel the Giants had a winning draft or a losing draft based on the guys they had took? Oh, I like their draft. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm on the fence with it. I mean, Ingram's going to be a beast. Considering they have Sterling Shepard, they have ODB, uh, Odell Beckham. They got these guys. And now they add this burner tight end, which is going to be incredible. Uh, and I even said this. Davis Webb, to me, was the best quarterback in this draft. I said nope. that several times. He goes to the Giants. Now, right away, everybody's like, oh, my, Eli Manning, his job's on the line, blah, blah, blah. No, it's nope. not. Every quarterback in this draft is not NFL ready, none of them. So what you got is you got a Davis Webb who you took and brought him in in the third round, and now you give him how many seasons will it be? We, you know, It could be one, two, three seasons. So he can learn under Eli. Now, of course, Eli is not teaching him. A lot of people think that's what that means. Eli is not going to teach him. It's not Eli's job to make the guy underneath him perform and take his job. That's just not how it works. But he's got the opportunity to learn the system and look at what he's going to step into. You know, he's going to step into a division that was 13-3 and with the Cowboys, 11-5 and with the Giants, 8-7-1 uh, with Washington, and 7-9 and with the Eagles. The Eagles were the only team with a losing record last season, but it was by one game. It shows it's a very tough division, a very solid division, and he's going to be stepping into a role with a lot of young receivers as long as he does what he needs to do over the next couple of years to learn the system. Kind of like everybody's talking about Jimmy Garoppolo. Right. And I can tell you this. Uh, I read a story where Eli and Mr. Webb has had a little bit of friction already. But it's not a, it's not bad friction. It's just because Davis, how he was brought up, he kept calling Eli sir. He, he talked to him on the phone. Yes, sir. I can't wait to get there. Yes, sir. Yes. And Eli told him, if you don't stop calling me sir, we're going to have issues. He says, when you get here, I'm ready. You can pick my brain. I'm ready to answer all your questions, whatever. But stop calling me sir. So I mean, right there, you know, everybody says, oh, Eli didn't. Eli's going to help this kid because Eli knows. He knows how the game works. He knows what, you know, so he's going to let this kid pick his brain. But he's, you know, like you said, he's not going to go out there and say, here, here's what you do to to take my job. No, he's going to tell him, here's what you need to learn. So when I'm ready to go, they put you in and you're the man. That's how this is going to work. Let me throw this winner at you real quick. John Lynch. How about that? Okay. Well, maybe we don't mess with the new guy. You know, this is his first ever draft, ever, as the general manager. And he gets Solomon Thomas, who, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, I had ranked as the number one defensive end in the entire draft. Yes, and he goes back and jumps into the first round to get what many believe to be a top-five talent in Reuben Foster, and he only slipped because of shoulder concerns. If his shoulder is going to be fine, he got two top-five picks in this draft and got one at 31. Yeah. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Poor John Fox. Poor John Fox is a loser. We've already discussed the situation with the Bears, so I just want to throw out how Fox is a loser. <laughs> How about this for a winner? Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston. Yeah, you think? Yeah, the days of Adam Humphreys finishing second among Buccaneer receivers and targets are over. <laughs> I mean, they took O.J. Howard and that field stretching wide receiver and Chris Godwin. Added to Shaw Jackson in March. You know, so, wow. And the muscle hamster. For those of you not in the know and don't understand football and don't pay attention enough to know, the muscle hamster is Doug Martin. He's been said to have been looking the best right now so far with the, with the team, with what they're doing right now. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're going to be very talented on offense. Uh, Martavius Bryant and Sammy Coates, both losers. We saw their Twitter battle going back and forth. So, to me, that makes oh, sense. Oh, that was so oh, – I swear. When they added well, that, when Smith, I, when I read that, I'm like, really? Can you act anymore like a bunch of two-year-olds? Sure. And, and then, yeah. And then Tomlin had to get on there and say, "All right, boys, play nice." I'm like, "Come on." <laughs> That's pretty sad. But, uh, like I said, I think it was all in fun. But who cares? Either way, I think they're both going to be losers with Juju. So yeah, I like I like Juju. 
You gotta love that name, too. How about poor Latavius Murray? How about him for a loser? Murray might have thought he was walking into a starting gig when the Vikings showed him, you know, $15 million. Hey, you're going to take over Aiden Peterson. Then only to trade up in the second round, take Dallin Cook. You know, some people thought he could be the best running back in the draft. Others didn't. Uh, I think McCaffrey was the best overall running back in the draft. I'm not one of those guys who say, oh, you run for 1,500 yards. You're the best running back when the next guy runs for 11. Uh, the guy who runs for 1,100 yards is probably better because he can block and he's catching the ball out of the backfield. To me, a running back needs to have the complete package. You know, That's why I'm biased, and I still to this day say Marcus Allen is the best running back the world has ever seen because he was the complete package. I admit there was running backs who were better at just running the ball, of course, but the complete package, I just don't think nobody was on his level. Just what I've always thought, so. Can Cook do that better than a Fournette? Probably. Can he do it better than McCaffrey? I don't think so. That's why I had Christian McCaffrey number one. So, and I'll say this. A guy who's not even in the NFL was also an NFL draft day winner, and that's Shaq Barkley out of Penn State. I know you're going to say why. I'm just going to say why. Leonard Fournette's selection by the Jaguars at number four has now going to continue the trend of elite running backs getting the love they deserve in round one. You know, Barkley, as far as I'm concerned, is going to be the Heisman frontrunner this fall. And if he can keep Penn State near the top of the Big Ten as they get closer to the NFL season and then the season progresses, I, I firmly believe the Big Ten championship could go through Penn State. It's a very distinct possibility because they were on it last year and they shouldn't have been. They're better now. And Shaq Barkley is going to be the guy that everyone's going to focus on for the Heisman. And I think he can be a legit running back in the NFL. But before I sell that, i got to watch him this season to be sold on him. But, like I said, he stays healthy. He does his thing. He's going to score big next year because somebody's going to pick him. Because when you got Zeke bitten picked last year and Fournette this year, they're not going to be afraid to take him next year high. Big payday coming for Barkley. Nice. So that's how I look at that. Yeah. So that's just just my opinion, you know, as far as that goes. How about the Indianapolis Zoo? Do we want to talk about that? No, I don't think so. <laughs> the Indianapolis Zoo. I know May um, hated that damn gorilla. Or whatever it was. That was hilarious. It was um, it was an orangutan. But yeah, that's what it was. That, that was pretty funny. Yeah, at one point they even actually broke it down what the orangutan would be good at, and how he could get that. Oh yeah, it was pretty, pretty yeah. entertaining. It's just stupid. It's what it was. You know. Um, since you talked about your Browns, well, my I'm going to talk about my Raiders. Go ahead. And, and the Raiders draft. Uh, I liked it. I liked it as a whole. Uh, I'm just sitting here thinking. How do I want to discuss Conley? Because there was a time where he was looked to be slipping into the top 10 at one point. Uh, top 15 always for the most part there near the last month and a half. And, you know, and he falls to the Raiders at 24 because of his issues. Um, he gets out of these problems and he's found innocent, which more people than not think is going to happen. It's great value at 24. Now, I mentioned on a previous episode of Move Those Chains, how I feared the Ohio State secondary players, because to me one of them just might be the weak link, so to speak. So I, I'm I'm almost guaranteeing I'm right on that. I just hope we didn't get the weak link. Uh, Obi Melifonlu in the second round to me is a ridiculous steal. To me he was a first-round talent, got him at 56. The kid is a monster. That's all I say. He's just going to kill. Uh, Eddie Vanderdose, defensive tackle. He's already come in, already slimmed down more than the Raiders ever hoped that he was going to be. So he's ready. You know, he's coming in ready to go. Because what happened was two seasons ago, he was slim. He was kicking behind. Then he came in last year a little overweight. And he wasn't the same Eddie Vanderdose he was as a junior. And he showed up to Raider camp as the junior Eddie Vanderdose. And if that's what we get, that's going to be good. 
Larry Sharp at offensive tackle. Uh, I like the pick. He's more of a left tackle, but because he's blind in one eye, he can only play the other side of the ball, which kind of sucks for him. And so he's going to have to work on that. Marquel Lee, I'm not sold on him one way or the other, so we'll see. Uh, Shalaman Luani, the safety out of Washington State, I'm big on him. Like I said, he's famous for a soccer game that he was a part of. I can't remember what team he played for, but it was the country that he's from. They had a winning goal, and it was the first time they won a champion or won a game against the other team, other country, and for like forever. It's maybe the first time ever, and it was a FIFA championship game. So, uh, Jalen Ware, the offensive tackle out of Alabama State, he's a smaller school kid. We'll see what he's made of. Not sold on him either way. Want you know? So, no, no real big comments on him. Uh, Elijah Hood. Uh, getting him in the seventh round is a major steal. To me, he's fourth-round talent, slipped to the seventh because of team needs. The Raiders have already told him, come in slim and ready to go because we plan on using you and plan on keeping you long-term. Uh, does this mean he's the guy when Lynch leaves? I don't know, but it sounded like it could be the case. And Trayvon Hester out of Toledo and adding another defensive tackle is just more depth. So all in all, I did give the Raiders overall draft an A, especially – if Conley, his issues work out. Because we filled a lot of needs, filled a lot of spots, worked on that secondary, added a linebacker, got some defensive tackle help. Did everything I wanted them to do. So I'm excited. What? Now I want to add a feature to this show, if you don't mind here. Go for it. And how about we just call it Just Stop It. Just Stop It Already. I like it. And... The first thing I want to mention is it was on the NFL.com rather earlier today, and it showed Leonard Fournette and it said greatness in the making. And they showed his picture holding up his jersey when he got drafted, and next to him was a picture of Herschel Walker and Bo Jackson, pretty much implying he will be the next Herschel Walker or Bo Jackson. Just stop it. Just stop it already. That's all I can say. I mean, let the kid get in the league. Let us see what he can do. Let's see what he's made of before you start putting a label like that on him. Yeah, I agree with that. And how about this for another one? John Ross, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> how are you going to sit there and say you're going to beat Usain Bolt in the 40-yard dash? This is an Olympic sprinter, possibly the greatest freaking runner we've ever seen in the world, ever, regardless of era, regardless of country, the best. I'm not sure if I would bet on him against a goddamn cheetah. And John Rawls thinks he can beat him. It's like, are you kidding me? And and I'm still not 100% sold that John Rawls beat Chris Johnson's 40 times. Um, (laughs) Oh, that's just funny. John has been challenging everybody. He wants to, he wants to prove it so bad, so maybe he's doubting himself. Because like I said, he is challenging every. I could beat this guy. I could beat that guy. I'll beat you up. Oh, he challenged Billy Hamilton from the Reds as well. That they're a tremendous base stealer. I mean, okay, Billy Johnson or Billy Hamilton rather. He's running from first to second base or from second to third base stealing bases. That's a way different thing than running the forty. So it's like you're challenging a guy who can just run from base to base to a 40-yard dash. Now, we know Billy's quick. I just don't know how quick Billy really is. But come on with the with the Usain Bolt comments. Right. Just for that, just for that, he should be fined. I have one for just stop it. <laughs> okay. All right. Grill Peppers is going to be in the first stage of the drug, whatever it is, you know, because of his diluted sample. I want all the haters to stop. Stop saying right away, oh, this kid's a druggie, this kid's smoking a weed, this kid's doing this. This kid has never been... Has never failed a test, has never, nothing, never lied about anything, 
and all of a sudden now it's, oh, he's on the Wii, he's doing this, he's doing that. That's why it's diluted. It is very possible what this young man said happened, happened. That he overhydrated because he was worried about working out for both, doing both positions and doing everything he had to do, so he was drinking a lot of water. And for the people on the sports station that I listen to out of Cleveland, to doubt that that was possible, you're idiots and shouldn't even have a job in the sports world. <laughs> that, that's my take on that. Because that is possible. That could happen. And, and like I said, and right away, oh, he's a dopehead. He's going to be another Josh Gordon. Where, oh, why would they draft him? Really? Shut the hell up. Let this kid enjoy the fact that he got drafted. He was up front from the beginning and told him this is going to happen. I already know it's going to happen. Just, let's just do it. You know, let's just let him do the process. And then if it comes out that he he hit something, it then it does. But until it's actually proven that he's done something wrong, just stop. Stop it. Please, stop it. I believe this is on a Cleveland radio station, if I'm not mistaken, where they said, uh-huh. taking shots at him and Reuben Foster for delivery. Oh, yeah. And yep. would you say her name was Sabrina something or other? Yeah. She's, she's like, that, that, you don't know. Because she was arguing with Tony Rizzo, who's the host of the show. I've seen it. I've seen the other I know what firsthand I've dated. Her. Well, just because you've dated losers in the sports world doesn't mean that's where this kid is. Huh. Yeah, especially so, when... Reuben Foster and Jabril Peppers have never tested negative for anything before, or positive, rather, for anything before. Right. Seriously? I, I just, I don't get it. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to, I'm sure you and I are going to disagree on this one, but when I make this statement, but I agree with Tony Rizzo. The NFL has got to start backing off on the weed because, Unfortunately, in our society, all these kids, they smoke it, they do it, and relax. you got to back off a little bit. You know, and I'll say this, too, because the statement was made. The NBA has realized this because a lot of those guys in that league smoke, that, smoke the weed. And if they'd start doing what the NFL does, the NBA wouldn't have, probably have a league. And that's a fact. Look it up. They they got to relax on this. I mean, good Lord. You know, and like they said, you see all these beer commercials for, you know, especially with, during football games. So they're basically saying, go ahead, go drink a beer. Go do, but don't do this. This is really wrong. Really? Well, here's how I look at it. If, if you can shove down beer down your face, down, you know, come on, guys. I mean. You know. You know, without a doubt, without 100% doubt, I'm straight edge as they come. Yep. I don't like smoking. I don't like drinking. I don't like drugs. Blah, 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 blah. But smoking a cigarette, drinking a beer is legal. If you choose to do it, you have that right by the law. The weed is against the law depending on the state you're in. So until it's passed as something that you may do, and it's not punishable by the law, then you need to respect the law and do as you're told. Regardless if your buddy does it, Joe Blow does it, you want to do it, whoever it is. So Rizzo being, as I'm understanding, because I don't get to hear him anymore, is against them doing this, I'm with him because they need to get off of it. They need to stop doing it. They need to stop using it. And another thing... he, what he said was he understands what the, you know how society is today and how you know a lot of young kids nowadays. What he was saying is the NFL had to relax a little bit on how much they test for this shit. No, because they it, shouldn't. It's it, it's crazy. I think every player on every team should be tested two days before every game. Every game, every player, every team before every game. And if you're caught, you're suspended for that game. And the next. And then if you happen again, then you're suspended for that game and the next eight games. And if you get caught a third time, which to me is one too many chances, you're suspended for life while it's illegal. Just my opinion. 
know, just like I was just sick in my stomach with the way they treated Michael Vick, the law. They treated Michael Vick what they did, but guys like uh, Little, he 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 was drunk and killed a human being. Um, what's in the receiver's name? His name slips my mind. Stalwart. Yeah, Dante Stalwart. He he kills a human being because he was drinking. This is why I don't like drinking. To me, if you're driving and you get caught drunken and driving, to me, as far as I'm concerned, you should be charged with attempted freaking murder. Uh, but that's a whole different topic. <laughs> but uh, these guys, as far as I'm concerned, got off easy, and Michael Vick got punished, as far as I'm concerned, more because of what his cousin was doing than his own doing. That's how I felt about it. And it's just like, we have rules set and we follow them completely and thoroughly and honestly instead of picking and choosing and instead of being biased. It just makes just makes no sense. But like I said, as long as things are illegal, don't do it. And if you get mad about it, you should have known the rules, you should have known the law. And as far as I'm concerned, if all 50 states or the world, for that matter, approves of weed and the NFL still says it's a no-no and you want to play in this league, it's a privilege. Follow the rules or don't play. <laughs> just how I feel. You know, it's their rules. You know, I mean, just because just because drinking alcohol is legal, drinking alcohol is legal, correct? You can do yeah. that. Can you go to your job at, today? At a certain age. Yeah, you got to You got to be a certain age, though. Yeah, so I'm saying, can you go to your job today and drink a beer while you're on on the job? No. No. It's, the, it's your job rules. Well, when you play in the NFL, that's your job, and you're playing by their rules. They say no drinking, no smoking, no whatever it may be. you got to follow the rules. That's what they want, and that's what they get. <laughs> so you got to follow the rules. Oh, I want to throw one more quick draft loser in there, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. Just for the simple okay. fact, as far as I'm concerned, the Bengals needed huge defensive line help. And they let Barnett slip by him. So, you know. And then they turn around, like I said, he's clearly first-round talent. They took Joe Mixon uh, to each their own with Joe Mixon. Uh, I was one of the first people who stood up when Ray Rice did what he did to his wife, girlfriend, whatever she was at the time. Uh, she, was, was, she was his girlfriend at the time and then turned around and married him. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you're out of my league. If I'm the owner of the NFL running the NFL, you're out of the league. You're done. Permanently. Gone. Kaputs. I'm not suspending you. You're done. Get out. If you do this shit in college, you're not even allowed to enter my league. You're done. Go away. You know? Now, I understand people make mistakes. I get how people have issues, and then all of a sudden they might snap just that one time and never again and never did before, and it was just a bad lapse, you know, at that time. But you know what? you got to learn from it, too. You can't make that mistake, and then, oh, it's okay. Have another chance. Because here's the sad part. Depending on the topic, and you can do studies on this and read it, when you give people second chances, it's over 50%. They end up repeating the process on second chances. So they become repeat offenders while still getting privileges. So, no. You know, plus, you know, this is the Bengals. The Bengals, for God's sakes. I mean, outside of my daughter, who's a Bengals fan, most Bengals fans, if not all, are freaking stupid. The team's stupid. The whole organization is stupid. So anyone that likes the Bengals, you're an idiot. So, like I said, my daughter's too young to even know right from wrong right now. And I'm pretty sure when she gets older, she'll be like, why do I like these guys? Uh, (laughs) But if you're old enough to understand football and you like the Bengals, just stop watching football right now. Okay, you got to break that down for me. It's the Bengals, for God's sakes. Look at them. They're failures. So okay. <laughs> got to give me more than that, more than just their failures. Well, look at their history. Just look at their history and what they've done and what they haven't done, where they've been and where they haven't been, and what they've won and haven't won, and et cetera, et cetera. And then take a look at what they do year after year after year. I mean, for God's sakes, they may have been able to, how shall we say it, uh, win the division a couple times. 
which they've done a lot recently, and they still fail. Okay. So that's but, that's, but, but that's no reason to tell tell Bengal fans that they're stupid for rooting for the Bengals. Sure it is. Stop rooting for the Bengals. They suck. Well, shit. <laughs> well, if you're going to make that statement, people can say the same thing to me. Stop being a Browns fan. They suck. Exactly. So teams from Ohio. They suck. <laughs> is uh, so, that what we're so going to say? say? I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Here's the sad part. As horrible as your Browns have been, they've still accomplished more in the league than the Bengals, as far as I'm concerned, even though the Bengals have made it to Super Bowls. Well, to see, that's where, you know, people are going to say, hey, they've made it to the Super Bowl. When's, Brown's never even sniffed the Super Bowl. So. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Maybe one day. Hey, as long as it happens before I die, I'll be happy. <laughs> so what? I swear, I have this fear. It's going to happen. The year I die is the year they go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> is that what's going to happen? Oh, I'm telling you, it's going to be that way. Wow. I just had that feeling. You die is when they die. Yep. Wow. Sad that you say that. <laughs> I just, I have felt that for a long time. Uh, so watch. I've told my wife that several times. So watch. As soon as I kick the bucket and I'm gone, that's, that's when I'm going to the, you know, have one of the best teams ever, go to the Super Bowl, win the damn thing. Yeah. She said, oh, don't talk like that. You're going to see one. I was like, yeah, I don't think so. One day, she says, one day you'll make it. So. Then I'll have to make a new meme about you, that face you make when you make the Super Bowl. <laughs> Not everybody can be Cowboys fans, you know. But I'll give her credit. She's been a Cowboys fan since she was five, so I can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to believe I've been a Raiders fan for as long as I have. It'll be 35 years. Gotta love it. Gotta love it, man. When you put that much time into a team and you know, checking out the rosters every year, watching what they do every year, you, you get you know you get invested. There's a lot of people out there just don't understand what it's like to be invested into a team. Oh, I'm, it, you know, it's just a game. It's a, no, no, you know, I, I can understand people saying, it, and at the same time, if you invested most of your life watching this team, rooting for a team, you know, watching the ins and outs, everything they – to you, it's not just a game anymore. It's more than that. And, you know, the average person just doesn't understand that. Right. Yeah, there. I figured you'd say that, Mr. Davis. Chris Davis is in the chat. Had some choice yeah. words to say about Dallas. We're not – we're not – Censored here. Fuck Dallas is what the man said. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to be, you know, but at the same time, you know, what the hell? <laughs> Society we live in anymore, too. Every other word you hear anywhere is a curse word, so. Yeah. Well, I want to take a minute, take a pause with the calls, as they would say. There you go. Reach out to our, to our sponsors, uh, the Internet Football League. That you can find at iflzone.weebly.com. That's iflzone.weebly.com. These guys start their uh, football season today, I believe, with the preseason. Next week's the regular season. So if you're into football, you're into video games, and you like something better than the Madden, this is the great alternative. You can go there. You can be a player. You can be a coach. Maybe one day be an owner. Everything simulation, computer versus computer. Check them out. IFL, the Internet Football League. That's iflzone.weebly.com. Back to move those. And, and, and don't forget the, 
the best part about that? It's all free. 100% free. Yes. Now, uh, what is the saying? Free because we want to be, not because the competition made us be, I believe is their slogan. I believe that's what it is. Heck yeah. All right. Yeah, we're going to go next on our lovely journey into the into the NFL. Got about, about 10 minutes left on here, a little less. Not sure uh, what per se we want to cover here. But uh, I know... Well, I, hey, this is, this is an interesting story I just started reading. Okay. Yeah. Joe Namath, and if anybody's listening to this and have no idea who the hell Joe Namath is, yeah, you might as well, uh, whatever. Quarterback situation. I know what you're talking about. He wants to see Christian Hackenberg be the starting quarterback. What's your opinion uh, on that? When Bryce Petty's on the team, you're an idiot. Well, yeah. I believe Bryce Petty is the better quarterback of the two, but I'm all for letting one of them have a shot. Heck yeah, why not? Uh, this is for, uh, Chris Davis just posted for undrafted free agents. Eagles did pick up Corey Clement. Hopefully he can outdo Ryan Matthews. Just <laughs> come and run to that. I believe that he can. Put it that way. I have no doubt that he can. Hmm. All right. What about uh? What do you think about the Bills sending out their little tweeting out their little thing to the Panthers that they're sorry for stealing all their staff? That's asinine. Is what it is. Oh, that's hilarious, dude! Come on, that's, that's funny. That's funny stuff. I mean, they took their, you know, assistant GM. They took their coach, you know, one of their coaches. I mean, I just think it's funny. Not like stealing one losing organization's talent to go to another losing organization. (laughs) That's all I can say about that. Sad. But yeah, the whole thing cracked me up when I read it. I was like, are they serious right now? That's what they're oh, yeah. sorry for stealing your like you stole it? You're actually gonna say you stole it. <laughs> Panthers wanna be asinine. They sit there and group the out of it. But... Well that'd be something. They come back, hey, if you still our guy, we want compensation, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> right out of a minute. We, stole it. we want draft picks. We want money. Come on, let's go. Right. Well, no, you did say you stole. Oh, shit. You know, that's the how the NFL treat that topic. They flat out admit it to the world they stole people. Oh, the Colts are going to unveil a Peyton Manning statue. Retires jersey in October. Interesting. How about the Falcons? All oh, there. The huge Falcon outside the stadium? Yeah, it ain't no different than the big eagle out in front of Dollywood, but whatever. It's a, it's a little different, but it's about the same. But yeah. Whatever. It is pretty cool, though. I like When I looked at that, I was like, wow. I guess it's their way of forgetting that 28-3 to game. I don't know. It's <laughs> uh, just sad. That's just really sad. Just like, said, just like it was said when uh, Mr. Uh, Aaron Hernandez committed suicide. Everybody was saying, just when you thought the Falcons had the biggest choke of the season. So, who knows? All right. We got another thing here. 
might might be able to talk about here a little bit. Uh According to NFL.com and, you know, my NFL mobile here I'm looking at, this is the nine most impactful off-season developments. Hmm. Number one, Patriots trade the last pick of round one for a number one wide receiver. What do you think? Is that what they did? Yeah, that's what it says. Uh, number two, Vikings draft electric running back Dalvin Cook to replace Adrian Peterson. How do we know that's the case? Well, we don't yet. We've got to wait to see what happens. That's why they brought him but, but, you know, I'm sure Chris Davis is in the chat room would be uh, inclined to agree with that because, you know, he was all over the Dalvin Cook train. He wanted that kid. <clears throat> Uh, how about uh, number three? Seahawks don't trade Richard Sherman. <laughs> Who knows if he's going to get traded or not yet? We'll see. See, there he is. Davis just posted in the chat. I really, really wanted Dalvin Cook. Yeah, we know. <laughs> uh, number four Buccaneers plunk OJ Howard and. Deshaun Jackson for Jameis Winston. Well, I'm not 100% sold on Jameis Winston. You know that. I know. He's got weapons now. He's got pieces now. There's no more excuses for the kid. All right, number five. Texans move up to draft Deshaun Watson. As I said earlier, to me that made them a draft loser. What most people believe to be the quarterback, Needy Browns, pass on him twice, and you trade up for him and give up a number one pick next year to do it? Yeah. (laughs) All right, number six. Tom Coughlin adds toughness to the Jaguars. Say that again. It says Tom Coughlin adds toughness to the Jaguars. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Number seven, Beast Mode chooses Raiders over riding camels? Okay. What the hell does that even... What? Hashtag Simeon. I have no idea. I'm reading the story. That's what they have here. Why the heck did he said he was riding camel? I have no idea. It doesn't really say. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, number eight, Todd Gurley gets a coach who uh, resonates uh, his game. Okay. Number nine, Bill's game discipline. Bill's what? They gain discipline. Are those going to be good this year? Yeah, they say, here's a hot take. I don't know. Ross was still leaky. Thanks to Paul Paul, the former general manager, Doug Whaley. But with Rex Ryan out, Sean McDermott in, there will be toughness and accountability. Okay. Fair enough. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, do you have a set time on when you want to end this show, or you got? No, I was letting you go through where you're going. Then we're pretty much going to put this one to bed. Because uh, if we didn't, if you had a little more time, I had a one other thing we could have discussed real quick. Okay. Because you know, taking a few minutes to go through it, but and that would be the NFL has started their annual top 100 players. Uh, I don't know if you've checked them out and see what your thoughts are. I've been kind of looking at them going, hmm, interesting. 
excited to know. Garrett, go through a couple minutes and see what see what you thought. And, you know, since uh, Chris is in the chat, maybe get his thoughts on some of this stuff. Okay. All right, I'll just start start with 100. Now these are the top 100 players of 2017. Now these are voted on by the players themselves. And at 100, they got Joey Bosa. Um, 99, Malcolm Butler. Okay. This one, I, I don't, okay. 98, this is one that I'm going, I can understand, but at the same time, uh, Adrian Peterson. Any thoughts on that? Ludicrous. Okay. Play very little like he did. You don't belong there at all. All right. Number uh, 97. David DeCastro, guard from the Steelers. Uh, 96, Demon Harrison. Uh, 95 is your guard from the Raiders. Caliche Osimile. Yeah, there you go. Can never like, say his name right. Like DeCastro, solid offensive lineman, never getting enough love, and they're way too low. Now, I know some of the other ones, I think I saw up to like 70 or something released. And there's a couple other linemen on this list that are higher than both of those guys. And mm-hmm. I just, I think both DeCastro and Assembly are better than some of the guys that are on the list higher than them. All right. All right, 94, they got Dante Hightower. Uh, 93 is Brandon Graham. 92, uh, Everson Griffin. Lorenzo Alexander comes in at 91. Malcolm Jenkins comes in at number 90. Thomas Davis, 89. Doug Baldwin at 88. Uh, Travis Frederick, center from Dallas. He's at 87. Uh, Jarrell Casey, 86. Chandler Jones comes in at 85. Mike Daniels at 84. Calais Campbell, 83. Clay Matthews, 82. And... Alex Smith comes in at number 81. Any thoughts on any of those? That that was the first show that they did. They ran a two-hour uh, show that night, and they did 100 through 81. Nope. Any, nope, no thoughts on that? All right. The second episode they did, they did 80 through 71. Number 80 is uh, Garrett Buck. 79, Sean Lee. 78, Brian Arakpo. Ha Ha Clinton Dix comes in at 77. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Justin Houston comes in at 76. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> Delaney, Delaney Walker, 75. Harrison Smith, 74. Philip Rivers comes in at 73. Taylor Lewan, 72, and Julian Edelman at 71. So that's 100 through 71, and that's what they've done so far. Any thoughts, any questions, anything? Well, all I can say, like I said, with this whole thing, it's hard to argue or debate who should be ranked where when the players themselves are voting. There's just some guys I'm shocked are in the top 100. Some guys I'm shocked are higher than others. And I'm shocked that some guys are so low. So, be interesting to talk to some of the players and say, you know, why why did you vote this guy here and that guy there? Just to see what their thought processes are. I'm curious how the voting works. As far as I know, it's never been explained. 
I don't know if all, every player is saying, hey, write down your top 100 players in the league, best to worst, and then they just give them. Uh, I remember seeing the video when they when the first show came on. They have papers that they fill out. I don't know if it's for each position or each, but the one guy, I forget who it was, he was he had five or six papers that all looked the same, and he was filling them all out. So I'm not sure exactly how it goes, but well, yeah, yeah. I think uh, Mondays is when they they do that. Yeah, but that's it. That's 100 through 71 so far. I don't know if there's anything else you want to cover. If you just want to go ahead and put this thing to to bed and call it a day or what? Yeah, we can probably put this one to bed. Like I said, we've covered a lot of stuff. All things football, like usual. And uh, Gotta love it. Gotta love football. If you don't love football, something wrong with you. Alrighty. Well, I think that's it then. I think we can call it a day for this episode. Anything? I don't have anything left to say. I don't know if you have anything left to do before you end the show. So, uh, yeah, we'll put a little bow on this one and uh, nice. go on about our day and come back with another episode of Move Those Chains next week. Uh, get some more topics out there because every week something's happening in the NFL and college football and the world of football in general. So, yeah. So, if you have any final thoughts, yeah, not really. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, or Big Dog, I'm Raider. This has been another episode of Move Those Chains. We'll catch you down the road. All right. Later. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 